want to talk to you today a bit about uh, God's mission. Do you know God's on the mission? Some of you do. Some of you don't. God's on, the, God's on a big mission. And what's, what do you think is the best known verse in the Bible? What do you reckon? John 3.16. Most of us would rest on that in your Bible. Um, what does John 3.16 say? Let's, let's, let's think about that. God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It's not coming up there yet, is it? That's right. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And that's an extraordinary mission statement. Um, and a few weeks back, I think Mark Gilpin was talking about how we get to join in God's dream. See, God has a dream. And he wants to restore all things in heaven and on earth. And even before the foundation of the world, because he knows beginning from the end and the end from the beginning and everything like that, um, He'd already worked out the plan of how he was going to demonstrate his love. And that, that love was expressed by the sending of his son. And way, way into, it's difficult to contemplate this, isn't it? it is, is when you think of your own children, the, the last thing you would ever want to do would be to sacrifice them. I like worshipping with my kids. The idea of actually sacrificing them is not. But to add that as a, as a plan of salvation from before the foundation of the world shows extraordinary measures that God is willing to go to to actually have us with him forevermore because that's what, what the good news is the good news of Jesus is, is not just that you you can get some religion heaven forbid literally but the sense that actually you can be with him forevermore and he is the most magnificent being I don't know, you can't describe God as a person he's not a person in that sense But and uh, I remember when I was uh, I was born again when I was 16 and it, and came to know Jesus and thought he's just simply magnificent and he loves me and he demonstrated his love by laying down his life for me and it's been my great delight in life to to follow him for quite a number of years now I won't tell you how many but um, I could tell you but you can guess <coughs> um and to keep on enjoying him and loving him more and more and discovering who he is in greater measure because he's the infinite God, so there's no, no end to the discovery of who he is. It's been, and just an appeal, if you don't know him, uh, get, get in on it. Get in on the biggest treat going. You know. um, a few years' time, you know, Paramount Studios is going to arrive over there. And we're going, woohoo, Paramount Studios, third largest theme park in the world. We're all excited about that. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus, Jesus is a miles better theme park than that. His adventure is interesting. And actually, Dennis had a picture about that earlier on, didn't you? Actually, being in a theme park. He said God gave him a dream last night. But actually, it was actually taking it out beyond the walls. Um, so, so God loves the world. <clears throat> he loves you. Um, and he loves everyone within the world. And he wants that love expressed. And he wants to find people and draw them to himself. Are we clear on that? Is that okay? That's, 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 that's reasonably straightforward. Um, so, so Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. And then before he went back to heaven, he, he talked to his disciples and he said, okay, guys, that, um, don't go anywhere until you've received the Holy Spirit. Now, that, that's kind of important. Um, and because when Jesus went back to heaven, when he, after he was raised from the dead and he ascended to heaven, and it says that he it basically has enabled us to be seated with him in heavenly places, which is simply extraordinary, 
He said, right, before you, before you get on with work on planet Earth, uh, you, need, you need somebody to help you. Don't try and do this. Don't try and do this on your own. This is, it won't, be, won't come out so well. And so he, he said, right, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, but um, Jesus describes what happened to, to, the, to, to uh, his disciples. And he said this in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and that's God's mission, <clears throat> to the ends of the earth. And uh, in order to do that, he wants to... Uh, enable us by giving us the Holy Spirit and if you're born again you have received the Holy Spirit haven't you who's inside you it's it's amazing isn't it you have God inside you and that's the secret of of what goes on around us so uh, a bit of music going on over there I was healing a healing center yesterday miracles happening in the healing center yesterday good healings happening great breakthroughs somebody came you were telling me your mum came with you're here there you are came walking and now you don't need your walking stick or something. Is that right? Is that amazing? How about that? Woo! And Sharon was telling me that headaches you've had for months, is it? Months? She's woken up for the first time for months, woken up pain-free today. But why? <clears throat> why does God do this? Because he loves people. And he wants them to know that he loves them. And miracles and healing are one of the ways that he demonstrates his love to us. And... Um, and it drums it to the world. And it's silly to think that we can we can preach the good news without the demonstrations of His loving power. Uh, so we need the Holy Spirit. And, and so I'm, I get so excited when I hear the stories. Yes, and cancers disappearing, and all sorts of things going on, and just loving hearing what's going on. And I've got um, testimony. Of, uh, um, a few weeks ago, one of our teams went out on a mission to another church and I'll read it out in a few weeks time the full testament but just briefly it was saying that this church is just saying thanks for being with us it was amazing while you're here but what you need to know is since since you've been here we're seeing healings happening every week Uh, and uh, and you say well why because God loves the world and it's not just limited to Eastgate not limited to any one church he loves the world and he wants to use us on his mission. So when we talk about being together on a mission, which we are, it's not, this isn't the Eastgate mission, this is, this is God's mission. And, and I don't know about you, but when I was 16, I decided I was, I was, I was in. I was in. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still in. I'm, I, I think it's, it's the most amazing thing ever to have, be able to give your life into this context of God's mission to demonstrate his love and his power on planet Earth. Um, then when the, when the day of Pentecost came um, and uh, it was amazing the Holy Spirit fell upon the believers they, they started speaking in tongues and, and everybody everybody in Jerusalem uh, who gathered there and the Pentecost was, was the festival where they gathered all the Jews from all around the, 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 what called the dispersion where they'd been scattered around the world they would come back and celebrate and each one of them heard the good news in their own language now you just think of that for a moment. What, what that just shows is God's determination that everybody's going to clearly hear the message. If you think of what, what, what it, what's that mean? He says, I, I, I'm going to make sure people hear it in a way that they can understand it. It's just it's phenomenal. 
so it was a complete reversal of the Tower of Babel when people tried to, to actually do life without God. He said, that's not going to be turn out. So he confused them with languages. And then he comes, right, okay, now we use those languages. Oh, I know what to do with those languages. I'll, I'll give you a gift of those languages so everybody on earth can hear. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, what, what he does? See, God's got a plan, and he's determined that his plan's going to come about. And on that day, then Peter got, gets up and he explains, and he says, right... <coughs> This is, this, is, this is Jesus, and they say, okay, well, what must we do to be saved? And, and not everybody wanted to, but there were people who responded to, to Jesus on that day, and, and, and basically it says repent, which means to turn your, turn your mind around, to actually choose, choose to turn your mind around and follow Jesus. And it said 3,000 people were added to their number on that day. 3,000. It's a good start. That was just a start, though. That's not the world. I think we think 3,000 was, was, was an ultimate finish. If 3,000 people were saved tomorrow, we still have over 90% of the population around here to reach the good news of Jesus. But let, 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 just, just hold on to that moment. So if 3,000 people tomorrow chose to follow Jesus, we would still have more than 90% of the population not knowing him. That gives us context, doesn't it? There's still a lot of work to do. And then, <clears throat> once you gather 3,000 people, actually, the, the challenge is, it's, see, Jesus didn't, didn't want to just gather a crowd. He wanted to create a family. Once he adopts sons and daughters. So the whole thing of what happens in terms of forming a community. And this was what happened. So that at the end of chapter 2, it talks about this. Um, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So they got the 3,000, but then every day after that, people were being added to their community. Now that is a challenge. And they met this challenge by actually working together. Every one of them worked together. Which is why actually us working together in a sense of community, why our connection groups are really important. Actually, that, that we're not here just to gather a crowd on a Sunday morning. We're here to create a community that can actually be a growing community <coughs> that can actually disciple an area. That makes sense? So that, that's, that's what, what, we're on a mission together. Now, I'm, I'm hoping you're as excited about that as I am. Some, some of you look like it, but some, some of you don't. So I, I'm, I'm going to keep going, okay? Because I'm just excited to be on God's mission. And if none of the rest of you are doing it, I'm going to do it. So I'm, I'm going to join in. Kim, Kim, will, Kim will join in with me, I'm sure. <laughs> in actual fact, Kim did it on, on Friday. Kim started her... her uh, Jesus course, which God gave to her, and just to explain Jesus, and did it in Encounter Lounge in, in the middle of Gravesend, and so well done on that. Um, we need to know how to share life together, don't we? We need to connect. We need, we're not just here for a, a show on a Sunday, or you know, or midweek. We're actually here to create something extraordinary together, that is God's choice, His family, and Jesus is coming back for His church. That's what he's coming back for. The church is vitally important, and how we construct it 
is really important. And if you, get, if you read through the book of Acts, it's fascinating. And, and I'm just doing a sort of whiz through it. But in Acts chapter 6, they get to the place where they're struggling to feed everyone because some are getting neglected. So they actually have to do a restructuring of the whole, you know, of, of, of what's going on. And they, they say, I oh, see, this is really important. We haven't got, oh, we haven't quite got time for that. So they restructure themselves in Acts chapter 6. Um, uh, so that the, the, you know, everybody's uh, uh, needs are being met. And, and then, at the end of that, it says, and then they, they, they increased even more rapidly. Now, what, what, what I want you to get the idea is, you know, when it's never going to stop. <laughs> for some of you, that's not such good news. But for, for those of you who like me, I like change, you see. So this is, this, this is appealing to me. But for those, oh my goodness. But they had to face the challenges regularly of, 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 of what they were going to do. Now, what is fascinating, you get, when you get to um, Acts chapter 10, um, I find it it's an absolutely brilliant passage of Scripture. Acts chapter 10 and chapter 11 talks about um, when Peter went to Cornelius' household. Now, Cornelius was, was, was basically a Roman um, not a Jew, and, and um, he gets an angel visit him. So let, let's, let's read this out. In, in Acts chapter 10, it says, In Caesarea there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said, Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with with Simon a tanner who lives near the seashore. Now, what what I want you to see is is how God is so determined that his love is going to be expressed outside of just the context of the Jews that he goes ahead and and so he talks to this Roman centurion and says, Okay, he sends an angel to him and says, but you need to get Peter to come here because he's going to tell you good news. Now, now what you then now need to see is that actually um, what's happening with, between God and Peter. So um, in verse 9 it says, The next day as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheep was let down by its four corners. In the sheep were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord. Those two words shouldn't go together, by the way. Peter. <laughs> no, Lord, Peter declared. I've never eaten anything like that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was pre- repeated three times. Now, do you think God is pretty determined here to get, get the message through? See, he's he there. Okay, Peter, you're stuck. You're stuck in a frame of, of, of mind. Because what was possible when, when Jesus said, right, you're going to be my witnesses to the end of the earth, because the Jewish people had been dispersed throughout the earth, the Jewish believers basically were thinking, okay, well, we'll reach the Jews wherever they are. Which was a, their interpretation of reaching the earth. Yeah. So they say, okay. And Peter said, I'm not going because I don't eat their food. We don't eat. <coughs> Peter was very perplexed. What could a vision mean? 
Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Do you see how God's orchestrating this? This is brilliant. I just love this. See, so he's trying to get hold of Peter. He's already spoken to this Roman centurion. They're coming together, and in God's sort of determination to see the good news of Jesus break out into the Gentile world, he brings these things together. Um, uh, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I've sent them. Now, that's, that's the ultimate. It should be, anyway. If God's on it, do it. You know, don't argue. Because he really is on a mission, and he's determined, and he'd love you to be involved. But he will do it without you, if necessary. But he, he, he liked to catch you up in it. <laughs> I love this. He said, so Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? And they, go, they said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. Here's a, and they go on and they, said, they, they explain to him what, what goes on. Now, what happens is that, that they get to Cornelius' house and, and Peter decides that he better preach. Now, he obviously pulled out one of his long sermons. Because it said, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. And I just love this. Just, just, so Peter's preach, and he basically says, let's get you out of the way, shall we? God says, I, I, I need to meet with you. Let's fall upon you. <clears throat> Do you need any help over there? So as Peter's preaching, the Holy Spirit falls upon this group of Gentiles and they are baptized in the Spirit and they start speaking in tongues. That's God's determination to break into the Gentile world with his love and kindness. You get any idea? Now, what happens when Peter goes back to Jerusalem is he then gets it in the ear from the rest of the disciples. <coughs> so they basically go back. And um, Peter explains to them what had happened. And he says, look, it wasn't my fault. He says, says, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on on them just as he fell on us at the beginning. Then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? Who was I to stand in God's way? When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. See, God is so determined to make his love known, he's going to to overcome all our objections. All the obstacles we can try and place in front of him. And you know what? Often we do. We can find reasons why we might not need to do this. But I just want—I just want you to think for a moment. How many of you would love to lead, say, just 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 two people to Jesus in the next two years? Just one a year. How about that? We like more than that. Okay. Okay. So just just happy with that idea. That's that's, that's a reasonably simple aim, isn't it? I'm not saying I'm not, not keeping it to you, but actually, that's in our hearts already. Actually, how many would just like to, to actually see more of our friends come to Jesus than that in the next two years? Okay, well, here's the question. Where are we going to put them? 
genuine, genuine, genuine question. Would you? <laughs> well, uh, well, we've got an annex. It's not going to be big enough. I remember when, people, when, we, <laughs> when, we, when we first built this building, people go, it's an amazing building. And people say, do you know it's not going to be big enough? I thought, isn't that a fantastic problem to have? Yeah, because it's just, it shouldn't, it's not, it's not big enough. Because there's thousands of people out there who need Jesus. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. So, we, you know, we, we mustn't limit our thinking. And that's what, when God uh, gave Dennis the dream last night, it was, it was, I interpreted it was, it, was, it was a train, it was a sort of uh, fairground ride, was it? Going round and round. But then you saw the train smash through the wall, didn't you? It just sort of turned a bend and then <laughs> went out. And I think it was that wall, did you say? Just actually, see, God doesn't want to contain things within four walls. He's, he's actually breaking stuff out. But actually the four walls are important for what we need to do. Yeah, no, there's, there's strategy behind what's going on. So and what I want to talk to you about, I think we're in the signs of, uh, there are signs of the times at the moment where God is speaking to his church really, really strongly. And he's stirring things up. Because he loves people. And he doesn't want the church just enjoying their own services on a Sunday and going away and, and forgetting. There's a mission. There's a mission. There's a mission. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm loving hearing stories of people being born again on the streets. Even this week, I got a report of somebody being given their life to Jesus on the streets of Gravesend. Yeah. You know... People sitting in the encounter lounge on Friday with Kim. Four, four people you had hearing the good news of Jesus. People coming to the healing centre getting healed. And non-Christians hearing about that. And, and, and it, the love of God is being manifest and it needs to be demonstrated in so many ways. And <clears throat> I want us to make sure we join in God's dream and God's mission. In all the fullness of what he's called us to. And so we've been working on a strategy we've been praying about this and God's been showing us things as, as the directors of Eastgate and I'm trying to put it in place but it's a bit like Abraham you know when, when God called Abraham he says right off you go and Abraham said where are we going he says not telling you <laughs> just, are you going to follow because you trust me or because you got it all sorted out because that's, that's, actually if it's all sorted out you don't need faith but following Jesus, because he, he never told the disciples much about where they're going. He just said, follow me, guys. And that's because we trust him. We're called into his mission, and I trust him implicitly. And I've always I've made it my life decision, and Kim and I like this. We said, we'll, we'll go wherever he takes us. Wherever he's leading us, we'll go. That, that's it. And we'll work out the details afterwards. If God says it, we do it. And then we work out how. It's like, you know, when he said, but we're going to place you at the East Gate for City. He said, okay, we're in for that. We had no idea what it meant. We just said, we're up for it because you've told us. And it's part of his mission. So we've started connect groups. Connect groups are really important. I just want to tell you that connect groups, and, and, and as they're going forward, they're not just a one-term wonder. They're going to be going forward. They're really important because we need to create community. Not just for us already here, but those people who are coming in. We've got to have pe things that people connect to, and that's where you play a part. That's part of the strategy. The annex is part of the strategy, because we need more room. It's not just on Sundays. We need more room in a the, in the week. Actually, we haven't got enough space to get all of us you know, in the office. You know, we sit on desks, we hot desks, we this, that, and the other. We actually got, if we want to do more, there's, there just isn't enough room around here, Martin, is it? It's just not big enough, is it, Martin? You know, we, we always knew that, didn't we? It was, you know, Martin's the architect, if you don't know. So this is a fantastic building, but you think, wow. 
We need more space. We've created a supernatural culture. We need a strong community. We need to extend. <coughs> There's going to be a school, primary school out there in September 2018. There's 60 families coming on our doorstep. Within a few, few years' time, we'll have 420 families literally on our doorstep Monday to Friday. The opportunity that comes out. That, yes, that, that's, that's, you know, you're gonna, this year you will start to see that school being built. So how do we respond to all this? Well, here's the big news. And this is where you do the gulp moment. Because I'm going to tell you the why. We don't know the how yet, okay? So what we need to do is we, we've decided that in order to, to cope with all this, we're going to have to start a second Sunday meeting, second, morning, second Sunday morning meeting. We're going to have the evening. <laughs> so... <clears throat> The evening's going to continue, <laughs> and this is, this is an absolute big gulp moment, all right, for all of us. We're going, ha, ah. because I know the why, but I don't know the how yet. Well, we've been talking to the department head, so Steph, bless her, bless her she says, ah, I've got the why, I'm not quite sure the how. Talking to the worship team, they get, yeah, we've got the why, we don't know the how, so there's lots of big gulps going on around, around, around leadership, ha, ah. But you know what? Why, why, would we do, why would we do this? Because God loves the world. And we need to make space. So if you lead two people to Jesus in the next two years, we're going to need enough space for 1,500 people. And that, it doesn't finish there. So in order to create space, we've decided this is the, the only way we can do it effectively, um, because we've got families, you know, we, the evening meeting is going to continue, but with families and children, actually, they will come because we don't do children and youth work in the evenings. We've, we've got to double this up. We've got to make, so we're going to need all your help. Really, we're going to need a lot of help. <laughs> and you've got to be in on it for the fun of it. It's just outrageously fun, isn't it? Could be outrageously challenging as well. Because we, at the moment, these are, these are times we thought for. We're gonna, and we're going to send you out a questionnaire to every one of you next week to, to help you give feedback. Because we need your help on this. We need your ideas. We haven't got all the ideas. Um, at the moment, we think we're going to give go a, me- a meeting from nine till ten thirty, then an hour's break, and eleven thirty to one. Because the challenge is to get around and pray for the car parking guys and everybody. You know, but these are the thoughts. Um, <clears throat> so I'm I'm really excited. I've been thinking about, I've, I've been involved in leading this church for 28 years. I honestly think this is one of the biggest decisions we're making. Because it just start, will start to expand us out. And it, it challenges the idea that we could be content with having five or 600 people here on a Sunday morning and that's enough. It's just not enough, is it? Can the band come back up? I want us to sing a song in response to this. Are you with me? You've got to process it. I know you've got to process it. <laughs> I, I, I want you with me on the why, not the how, all right? Is that okay? So is that, that's, that's a sense with us, because it's... it's it, I, 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 you know, I've got so many questions. I've been processing this for a few months now. I've still got lots of questions, so I'm, I'm sure you've got masses of questions. I'm not going to try and answer them, but you know what? We're going to answer them together, because God will answer them. See, see, the number one thing I need to know is, is I, I, 
we're not going to fix this with our own endeavour. We're going to fix this because we've got God inside us, God with us, and we're on his mission. And the Holy Spirit will, 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 will lead us and guide us into everything we need. That's my confidence. So if you say, how's it going to work? I, go, I don't know, but I do know. I, what I do know is that he's, he's, he's leading us and he's, he's on us. So we're going to sing a song. It's called For the Sake of the World. For the Sake of the World, Burn Like a Fire in Me. Because... We've got to keep burning, folks. If, without the Holy Spirit, we, we'll never get this done. It'll just become hard work. But with the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. And we will get equipped to do all that he's called us to do. Okay? So, uh, I'd like you to stand with me. As I said, we'll send out a questionnaire to you this week. If you're not a member of Eastgate, and you think this is exciting enough to join in with, then join in. <clears throat> if you're a visitor, you think, wow, go away, blessed. <laughs> Bless us on route. But uh, I'd like you to ask God to flood your being right now. And I'd like you to, to stand up. Let's stand up and be counted for Jesus, shall we?